This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly is starting right now. In, in exercise, it has to, there has to be some level of discovery. And discovery is one of those nice words that gets us away from test and gets us away from testing folks and probably uh, lightens that anxiety a little bit because who doesn't want to discover something about themselves? Hey, welcome to EM Weekly. This is your host, Todd DeVoe speaking, and it's a beautiful, cool day here in Southern California. And I know that uh, the rest of the parts of the country are getting snow. And believe it or not, we had a snow warning come out here for Los Angeles County. Of course, it's in the higher elevations, not down uh, in the lowlands where this guy lives, but... Still, it's kind of cool to see a snow warning for L.A. County. For those of you that don't see that, you know, I'm from back east, and so it kind of made me chuckle just a little bit. Got some people talking, so that's a good news because, uh, you know, with the drought and everything that's uh, that comes around here, and hopefully the, if we do get snow and it's able to get some snowpack, as we call it, uh, we'll be able to avoid another drought coming up here so let's hope for that today we're going to be talking about training and exercises and improving your outcome with uh, expert trainer todd manns and the blue cell company now i'm excited to announce that the blue cell company is one of our new sponsors for em weekly we are really happy that this has happened with uh, todd and his company the blue cell we're going to talk a little bit about training with him so training was one of the top three topics on our poll of what do you want to hear about in 2018 that we took in December. And so I started searching for a good training company and I came across the Blue Cell, reached out to Todd to ask him if he'd want to come on the show. And then he decided he would like to advertise with us. So uh, this is a new relationship. So I'm, again, I'm excited if you guys can go to the website and say hi and, and just say that you heard it from here from, from Ian Weekly. Uh, that'd be that would be great. And just to let him know uh, what you guys think about his episode here too. So that's exciting. A couple of reasons why we chose to go with the Blue Cell. And one of the things I want to say is I am dedicated to you guys that I will not bring companies uh, or products onto EM Weekly that I haven't uh, looked at or tested or got highly recommended for and spoken to the owners and to see how how this fits in with Ian Weekly. You know, again, we're here to bring quality to you guys. So that's just my dedication to you. And there's three reasons why I think that Blue Cell uh, fit that mark. One is, come on, the guy's name is Todd. You cannot go wrong with a guy named Todd, right? That being said, you know, that's number one, that's one of the reasons. Two, his company is veteran owned. Todd is a former Marine. He's also a former police officer and he worked as an emergency manager in Colorado. So he has the experience to back up what he's talking about. And three, I got some feedback from people who used them. Took a look at some of the reviews about the Blue Cell and it was amazing the amount of enthusiastic recommendations that came along with the, uh, for the Blue Cell. Things going on uh, around the world. Saturday morning, we learn that the government shut down. And what does that mean? That means that they're going to stop spending money on certain aspects. I see the government shutdown impacting areas such as Puerto Rico, Houston, the burn areas in Northern California and Central California on the, on the recovery side. It's not going to really impact the states at this point of how that looks or the, your local government. But for sure, there's going to be some impact 
regarding the shutdown. So what's that mean for us? That means that we're going to have to really keep the track of our paperwork, what's going on with it, and it's going to probably delay in, in monies getting back to those local jurisdictions. So keep that in mind as you're doing your work out there. Those of you that are impacted by this area, keep your heads up and, and uh, you know understand that it's not the men and women of, of, of FEMA that this is happening through. This is this is our, our politicians that have, have made this happen. So um, I am I'm with you guys, and uh, if there's anything that we can do to help, uh, please let us know. There was a 6.3 earthquake in Mexico, and there were rumors fast, quickly, that there were tsunamis that were going on, and uh, that uh, proven proven to be uh, false information that went out there. But it kind of highlights the concept of what do we have to do to do rumor control, you know, via the, the internet, social media. You know, one of the guys came into the, my office when this earthquake went down, said that there's video of tsunami in Mexico, pretty bad. It's it's on Facebook, and we couldn't verify it. And then he came over later, and as we're looking for it, and he goes, no, it's false. It was it was chosen to be a bunk video. Again, he's a 30-some-odd-year veteran of, of emergency response. So it's, you know, all of us can get hooked up into seeing that and believing in it. So we really have to do a good job as emergency managers to vet this information through good sources, uh, through proper channels and good sources, right? Don't take, you know, just any source as far as what it is, vet it. Um, one of the things that we try to do before I post anything up on our our uh, uh, Facebook and also Twitter and, and oh, I guess all social media and including our website is we try to vet it first uh, before we post it. If I can't get a couple different uh, sources that are saying the same thing, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to post it, but still. If you guys ever see anything posted that looks hinky to us, please let us know right away. Um, like again, we're sourcing these things. We can get caught, you know, in the in the moment as well. So uh, feel free to reach out to us and say, hey, you know, this isn't quite factual. You might want to check it and hear some different sources for it. I would be happy. And again, we're building this community here. Normally, our stuff, we're obviously, we're not trying to break news. That's not what we're doing here. Uh, we're just trying to find a place where we can collate news and, and get it all together for you all to uh, to see and different sources that are out there. So uh, that's what our goal is. So yeah, that's what happens here during this last uh, week. Let's listen to uh, to Todd Mans and the Blue Cell and take some ideas on how we can improve training. Todd, welcome to Ian Weekly. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. No problem. So, Todd, tell me a little bit about yourself and then how you got into emergency management. And then you might as well go right into what Blue Cell is and, and how that product uh, can help emergency managers across the country and the world. Sure. Uh, you know, I think uh, as I travel around the country training, I, I always kind of ask that same question. And, you know, for many of us, it was one of those things in the post 9 11 era. I thought I was maybe done in terms of working on the uh, public safety side. I had already previously done that and had done some time in the Marine Corps, done some time as a police officer, and was actually in a completely different business, uh, actually a shooting business in the late 90s. And uh, part of that was uh, working with firearm simulation and developing scenarios. And when 9-11 uh, happened, there was a lot of training that popped up here in, in the Denver metro area. And I actually went to a ICS course to try to think about how to be a better exercise designer. Through that process, I uh, ended up teaching a lot of incident command here in the Denver metro area and met Fire Chief, who became a very good friend of mine. And he said, hey, I've, uh, I've got something you can help me with. That's how my emergency management career really began. Uh, very, very much part-time for a small 
uh, fire district in Colorado. And that led into a lot of the things that I do today uh, with regard to the consulting firm, the Blue Cell. Tell me what Blue Cell is, how you guys got started, and what services that you guys offer. So, you know, literally in 2010, uh, I, was, I was doing a lot of teaching, teaching really for the state, and that was starting to expand, and, and that teaching really encompassed incident command system training. Interestingly enough, eight years later, that's still our bread and butter. But over that time span, I got invited to a neighboring state, and that turned into going to a couple of neighboring states. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm literally teaching in about 15 states mm. and formalized that process into today what is the Blue Cell and the Blue Cell companies. In 2012, we actually purchased Command School TTX out of Lancaster, PA. They had a great reputation going back uh, really to the late 1980s, if you can believe that. Hmm. And so through expansion, we uh, just continued to add to that repertoire of what we did, got into a lot of the emergency management training, incident position-specific training, and even some hazmat training has uh, dropped into our uh, repertoire of what we do on the training side. The intent was to really be an exercise company, but we started out as a training company. Right. Exercise, though, in the last four years has really taken off for us, and it takes us into the product lines that we have today. In your philosophy, just because you said that, what's the difference between really training and exercises? It's kind of well documented, you know, from uh, from certainly the the official doctrines that are out there. But for me personally, training is that opportunity to try to understand what you're doing. And exercise is the opportunity to practice that and see if you're doing it, it right. Uh, growing up in, in the Marine Corps, they have a very specific philosophy about those things. And interestingly enough, I probably still use a lot of those philosophies today. And so in the classroom setting, even with adult learning concept where we do need to do some hands-on to get the point across, it's not the same thing as exercise because in, in exercise, you know, that's kind of that opportunity to explore and probably make mistakes. The things that we learn from the, the most obviously being mistakes. And that's really the biggest difference that I see. Right. I think that's one of the things that people forget, too, is that when they go into doing exercises, that is the practical application of what you learn basically in the classroom. You kind of made a point there of, of saying that during your exercise time that you learn more from your mistakes. And I see that sometimes people are afraid to allow their command staff to see a, a failure in exercises. And they tend to make them really vanilla and, and easy to go through and kind of boring and, and you don't get much out of them. How do you get somebody through to an exercise to where they're actually learning something and making it a little bit more challenging for everybody in the system? Well, I think the, uh, the key for us, especially as a contract outfit, is to have that conversation up front with, with our customer. And I agree. I think the, the grant side of the way things are driven today sometimes kind of puts us in that situation where maybe the priority is not actually to make and see mistakes. I think there is a way to appropriately do that. And generally what we do at the blue cell is we'll have that kind of frank conversation with our customer. And even though we might have a 
master scenario event list that we're following, that does not mean that we should not have the ability to deviate from that on exercise day to really see something specifically or get the outcome that uh, that we're looking for. You know, certainly in exercise, we should be testing a plan. And sometimes, of course, we don't have a plan. Uh, we do a lot of exercises along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I think in the end, if that environment is constructed and communicated appropriately, I've really not seen a lot of folks who get terribly upset if they know that the uh, point of the exercise is to really try to see where our potential gaps and deficiencies are and also to see what we're doing well and validate some things you know that we have uh, previously put in place uh, in terms of equipment and and different plans and that type of thing. The old adage is every plan uh, doesn't survive first contact. And, and I think that when you do a proper exercise, that you get to see your plan in a controlled setting, be challenged a little bit by that exercise. And I think that's a, as an emergency manager, I think that's an exciting time when we can really test, again, the plan. And whenever we do exercises, I always stress that we're not grading people or testing people. We're testing the plan and we're testing what our concepts and ideas are. Do you agree with that or am I, am I off base? No, I agree a hundred percent. And I tell you, one of the one of the buzzwords that we like to use internally, and we try to share it with our customers, is in, in exercise, it has to there has to be some level of discovery. And discovery is one of those nice words that gets us away from test and gets us away from testing folks, and probably uh, lightens that anxiety a mm. little bit. Because who doesn't want to discover something about themselves, right. their agency? their equipment, their plan, because the alternative is to discover it in the midst of the real thing. Right. And I, I tell you, that, that's not fair. That's simply not fair to the citizens who, who expect us to at least have uh, some of these things figured out. So, you know, when the alternative is to only do discovery in the real thing, and that can end very badly, it it does make the uh, the idea of taking the opportunity and exercise for discovery a lot more palatable, I think. What are the advantages of hiring a consultant firm like yours to come in and do an exercise than having the exercise designed and administered in-house? Well, I think uh, there's pros and cons, you know, on, on both sides of that. And I we've we've actually been in situations where We've talked customers out of hiring us because it does work uh, and potentially can work for them to do it themselves or maybe just to get a little bit of, uh, of guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we did about 65 exercises last year to include uh, six full scales in 18 different states. And so the advantage, uh, if any, we can do things faster because we do it all the time. And we also can bring in ideas that are outside of that immediate circle of influence for a particular jurisdiction. Uh, we definitely try to share as many ideas as we can from one exercise to the next, including things that we learn mm-hmm. along the way about how to do that better. So if, if anything, it probably does come down to when you bring in any consulting firm that's doing a high volume of work, they're just going to be a little bit faster at it and maybe have a few shortcuts and maybe have a few ideas that the local jurisdiction that's maybe doing a full scale every three years 
you know, just doesn't have that practice opportunity in exercise, you know, the facilitation of the exercise itself. One of the things I'm excited about when we do exercises, especially when we're doing large-scale ones like countywide and we have uh, contractors and stuff come in, I, I love the idea of the collaboration that you can get from that because they're seeing it from the outside, not the inside. They're also like a group like Blue South. You're bringing in all those other lessons that you've learned from the same mistakes, right, that you've learned that people have made across the, the, the country. And you can say, hey, look at this is what we learned from here as well. Try doing this a little bit differently. And I think it can come in with a, a wider eye, a broader perspective, and a fresh set of ideas that come into an area than somebody who's been working in the same location, the same plan at the same time. The other thing too, as a small agency, as the emergency manager, if you're creating the exercise, you can't really test yourself, meaning that your role in that, in that event as well, when you can, when you have somebody from the outside helping you create that. Uh, program. And that's my that's my take on it. Yeah, we have a number of uh, customers that specifically bring us in, so that the um, emergency managers and those goal champions in that in that jurisdiction, medium and small uh, jurisdictions, uh, so that they get the opportunity to participate in the exercise and to participate in the exercise fairly, without true insight as to exactly what's going to happen when and and that type of thing. And so we, uh, we kind of call that exercise support in some ways, and we have basically a team that can come in and, and provide that particular service. But we certainly let the customer tailor how much of uh, that service that they may or may not want. The idea of, of folks having an idea of what's going to happen, I think that's good. I think that's really good. Uh, but I don't think they should know every single thing that's going to happen uh, because we don't, don't, just don't get a clear picture or as clear a picture as we possibly could as to where the potential uh, challenges might be. I participated in uh, a FEMA-graded exercise for the nuclear power plant in Orange County, and it was amazing when they called the exercise meltdown of the of the plant, of how real it felt when you're able to get into the role of the emergency manager instead of being the, you know, the guy giving out the injects and whatnot. It was just amazing that you can actually get into that and actually feel and, and, and work it, you know? So that's kind of, that's the experience right. that I had with that, with that. What are some of the challenges that you guys have come across with extra training exercises throughout the country? The answer to that question and more when we return from our break. The modern emergency manager wears a lot of hats, so how do you also fit in the needs of your exercise program? It is a matter of time, and how much is your time worth? A lot. TTX Vault is the answer to getting some of that time back. We offer pre-assembled tabletops, drills, and functional exercises spanning NIMS, hospitals and healthcare, special operations, and more, all coming from the archives of the Blue Cell. Get a jumpstart on the exercise process and visit us today at www.ttxvault.com. Emergencies happen, whether they're related to medical emergencies, threats of physical violence, weather related, or other. One of the most difficult things during an emergency is to find help and quickly and efficiently communicate with all parties, regardless of whether you're an administrator, law enforcement, or the end user. With Titan HST, we help distort time by creating high-tech yet simple to use mobile-based applications that connect you with the people who can help you. At Titan HST, we believe in the power of people. Hi, this is Todd DeVoe from EM Weekly. If your company is in the emergency management and response space, EM Weekly is a place for you to advertise. 
Each week, we bring in experts in emergency management, response, and leadership from around the world, and they're here to share their best practices. Our listeners are eager to learn about new products and ideas, so this is the space for you. For more information, please contact Brian at brian at emweekly.com. Welcome back from that short break, and let's uh, continue on. What are some of the challenges that you guys have come across with extra training exercises throughout the country? Well, the biggest one that uh, I hear, and I hear it consistently, and it and it really does segue into our, our new product line, it is having the time to deal with all the things that we now have emergency managers uh, dealing with. And so whether it's the the training aspect or even setting up training, doing an exercise, some of the other things that go along with preparedness. And then certainly if you've had a disaster, you may be dealing with the aftermath of that uh, ongoing. We created TTX Vault to really give some tools and some speed or some time back uh, to emergency managers. It uh, developed internally as conversations uh, with my staff and, and with the amount of work that we were doing. And we had, uh, you know, disks and hard drives full of information. And when we acquired command school, we got a whole ton of information uh, going back into the 1990s. Uh, we really started to pursue the idea of creating canned exercises, in this case, tabletops to start with that have all of those essential elements uh, put together. Subsequently, we have another course that we do call Advanced Planning Concepts uh, that's actually in the DHS um, state and federal catalog. We had created a fake website just for that course called Chelsea County USA. And so we brought together the concepts of, you've got a canned tabletop on a specific topic. You still have to probably go in and edit it. You may want to edit it, um, you know, significantly, or you could just use the active shooter, let's say, as an example, that's set in our Chelsea County online environment. We've now packaged that so that you get both of those at a price that I would say is probably hard to believe when you really think about how much time it takes to uh, make sure all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed to get a solid MEP approved eight seat consistent exercise and get it out to your folks. Mm -hmm. The other thing that happens uh, consequently was that the folks in the hospital realm started to have some of their own requirements and, and some of the other like long-term care facilities, that type of thing. A lot of your listeners will be, probably very familiar with that call that comes from, you know, the long-term care facility that says, I've got to do an exercise. In fact, I've got to do two, a full scale and a tabletop, and I've got to do it this fiscal year. Right. And of course they turn to the emergency manager, right? Right. To, uh, to get that assistance. What we've done in the vault is we've created a whole package just for that discipline. And once we got rolling with that, we decided to put a whole bunch more uh, available on our website. We've got about uh, 65 exercises uh, canned on TTX Vault uh, as of today. 
And that's awesome, actually, because, you know, you're always looking for, for good quality exercise ideas and, and, and resources that go along with them as well. Uh, so speaking of that, what resources do you get? So if I decided today I'm going to buy, we'll just stay with the active shooter. I'm going to buy the active shooter training exercise uh, through the vault. What do I get with that? We are at literally sending out a disc still, and we're finding that that still works uh, with a single tabletop you get about 400 files. So just on the exercise side of it, you get a situation manual that has a scenario in it. You get um, some identified core capabilities, about four of them, an exercise evaluation guide for each of those identified core capabilities, a improvement plan template, um, a PowerPoint comes along with that. And you have, you have two versions of that. Over the years, we also have collected ICS forms and ideas and checklists. And so we give you a whole folder of that information. And then in the event that you want to use our Chelsea County USA environment, which comes along with that package, we have all of the plans for that fake county. <clears throat> so there's about 18 plans, a set of maps. It's literally Arapahoe County, Colorado, where we're based. We've changed some of the names and uh, we have a full resource list there. Those are FEMA type resources. So if you are picking out a character from our Chelsea County environment and it's a leader on an engine, uh, we have the three additional names. So you can play, you can do a resource management level game, everything that would come with a type one or type two engine. That's the number of personnel that you get. In addition to, of course, fire, we have law enforcement resources, public works resources. We have our hospital resources, uh, about 700 characters uh, alone in just the Chelsea County piece of the environment. We understand that folks may want to use their own jurisdiction, but we have a number of customers that actually like to rerun the scenario as if they've gone somewhere else. Hmm which is probably reality, right? With the disaster year that we had, there were folks going all over the world yeah. working on disasters. So through uh, EMAC or incident management teams, certainly not immune that we may be leaving our jurisdiction. And that's always a great practice opportunity to see how you do the exercise if you were somewhere else. So all of that comes uh, on, a, on the, the single scenario We've packaged those up into five scenario packages. So uh, with with a package of five, obviously you get five versions of that on five different topics. Well, one of the things that you know I've struggled with before is coming up with uh, with all the pieces. You know, if you could start there, that's going to save you so much time and, and, and energy uh, into putting the exercise on. And uh, I think it's a it's a quality thing that you guys can can do uh, for those for those jurisdictions. That that's literally what we've kind of said as our it's become our unofficial motto on the site. What is your time worth mm -hmm. as an emergency manager? What is your time worth? What else could you be working on? If you weren't so tied up, maybe trying to put together an exercise and we know that there's a lot of pressure to do, you know, a, a lot of exercises or if something has just happened, that's when you start to get maybe that pressure from your uh, agency administrator. The other thing that we do is we certainly follow trends. So we do have some packages that are now available for churches and places of worship. 
we have a whole new series that's going to come out based on uh, shopping centers and arenas. <laughs> and that's really just grabbing things out of the headlines that are happening because those are the calls that we're getting uh, at our office and some of the things that folks are trying to address. Back to the, the concept here of some of the challenges for emerging managers. If somebody wanted just to, to use you guys for, for ideas and for maybe not a full exercise, but like an exercise support, how does that work? That's pretty simple. Uh, we just basically contract that. You call our, our office and I can assign one of my MEPs to talk to you about it. Or a lot of times I'm taking those calls uh, directly because we are going to be customizing that. In, in that case, it's really about having enough people, right, to run the exercise. So uh, a typical support package would include us bringing in accountability folks so that we can keep track of everybody that's there. We do have the ability to bring in moulage artists if that's part of the exercise. And then separate evaluators and controllers uh, to play those roles. Uh, we, we do have a tremendous amount of equipment that we've just uh, accumulated over the years. So we can go everywhere from, you know, bringing in phone systems if needed, certainly radios and radio caches if needed, uh, vests if folks need vests, whether that's on the exercise side or just as the role that they're playing. <laughs> So the, uh, the idea behind that support package is, is really to give you the horsepower and the manpower to uh, effectively conduct a, an exercise. And that's probably at the drill functional and full-scale level that we're talking. But then it, it does free up folks to participate or to play their role or to be a coach or to sit with the agency administrator and answer questions because all those things you know, can become important. Uh, to the emergency manager, uh, who's probably honcho in the whole thing right. at some level. Right. What is like the, the frequently asked question that you guys get from people who are, are looking to contract? Well, it probably starts with price, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most frequent. That's usually where we start. But, but outside of, of price, and, and just to touch on price for a second, we use kind of a volume discount concept or, or we kind of try to push our price down as far as we can because we just do so much work and so much um, volume. But outside of, of price, the um, biggest concern and the, and the biggest question that I would consistently hear from emergency managers would really be centered around what, what is going to be kind of the outcome of the exercise and really trying to zero in on what is going to be that end state? I'm trying to ask what they think it is, but many times they're asking me what I think it might be or should be mm -hmm. because some of the anxiety and concern, I think that a lot of folks have, whether it's an emergency manager or even some of the other disciplines is how well are they going to do? And so that really leads to what is the outcome that you're really looking for? What is, what is really the goal of the exercise? And uh, believe it or not, as much as I'm asking my customers, I think sometimes they're eliciting that information from me and what has gone on in other places. And it's uh, just been interesting to kind of watch that evolution of uh, how that becomes a pretty pertinent question after the pricing. So do you recommend emergency managing team for whatever jurisdiction to sit down and, and kind of brainstorm of what they want to see 
being tested before they contact you or is that something that you work out with them because this, if that seems to be the one of those questions i wonder if there's a way to to get more i don't know before you make that decision to me when i say you talking about the virtue manager of going into an exercise maybe that should be something they thought out they think out first or is that something that you can really help them out with usually they've had some conversations and they have some idea mm-hmm. Because we may not even be in a contract situation yet. So at, at that point, it's a consulting job, right? And, and we're re- really just trying to share whatever we can to get the customer to where they really understand what it is they're asking us to do and what, you know, that we're kind of managing those expectations and that they would understand, have a really good idea of where they want the thing to head. I would say that active shooter exercises, which are by far the the biggest call that we get, mm-hmm. we really have to root through what what is it that we're doing? Are we doing an exercise or are we doing an exhibition? And there's right. a difference right. between the two. And so that's a frank conversation that we try to have. And we have it up front and, and try to make sure that it, is it is it really something where we're trying to l- look at and improve plans and and procedures and that type of thing, or, or is it because something happened on TV and the mayor or the county commission has said, you're going to do an exercise this year and we want to watch. So that is the trickiest piece of it. And that would be the topic that obviously right now we see that as a challenge, but in some of the other traditional exercise too, we could see that as a potential issue. Or if folks have had a bad experience previously with their previous exercise, uh, sometimes we're trying to overcome that. And it's a managing expectations type thing that we're trying to do. I've been involved in a few exercises where the guys in the field feel they get nothing out of it. And, you know, and I know it tends to be that we're you know testing the EOC a lot and, and we're testing you know the command staff, but the, fl- the line guys don't seem to get much out of that exercise. What, what do you do to alleviate that uh, the issue with the line guys? I think a lot of times that's a, that's potentially a design challenge. And so if we're doing complex exercise design or we're trying to link, you know, various levels of what people are going to do, uh, generally what we would do is really design an exercise within the exercise and deal with it just like an incident within an incident. So managerially and from an objective perspective, we're, kind of breaking that into two pieces or three pieces and then trying to connect it. I know uh, as a former SWAT officer, what that used to feel like to be called to the big exercise and, and then sit for eight hours. That's a really good way to get SWAT guys upset. <laughs> so you, you have to really look at it from that design perspective and try to fit activities together that are not only a realistic, but it's so that those folks get something out of it because they're just not going to want to come back if that isn't accomplished. And so I think there's ways to get creative with that and kind of get down into almost the drill mode with some of those kind of specific disciplines. And then part of it is maybe they aren't part of the exercise all day long that they come in and do their piece. You do a hot wash with them get their paperwork and cut them loose opposed to 
trying to keep them busy for six or eight or 10 hours, which mm-hmm. is very, very difficult for, for tactical elements that are out there. Right. It's going to be a, this is a tough question for you because I know that they're all probably pretty special to you, but what's your favorite exercise to, to administer? Uh, probably a functional exercise. Uh, with functional opposed to, you know, with full scale, there's a lot of stress and we're spending a lot of money and, and there's a lot that goes into it. And drills are fun. There's no, no question. But at the functional exercise level, we get to really find out what those decision-making and leadership pieces look like without necessarily moving anything out in the field. And so uh, we are finding that we can get very, very creative at that level. And our experience that we bring in helps in that creativity. But uh, we can certainly get things moving and moving in directions or even change direction in functional exercise, I think it's much more, it's much easier to do that at the functional exercise level. And that's the one that I just really have the most fun with. Have you ever had to do like a timeout restart on any of your exercises that you've done where just people are just so far off the rails that they're not getting anything out of it? Absolutely. And um, it doesn't happen very often. And it's, it's pretty apparent when that needs to happen and you, you need to do a restart. And, and you, you can't make that decision very lightly. I think that's, that's, a, that's a call that has to be made you know, in real time. But I certainly have seen it happen, and I think it is better to do that uh, when needed than to just kind of let it play out. It, it's kind of like a, a scrimmage in sports that just isn't going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coach generally is not going to just let it go terribly for three hours. And then, okay, let's just forget about it or let's talk about it tomorrow. Usually we stop and we talk about it, make adjustments. And I think that's important uh, in in exercise when needed. I wouldn't say it happens a lot, but we certainly have experienced it. How can somebody get in touch with you if they're interested? How can they find you? So the best way to find us is at our website, which is www.thebluecell.com. And that's T-H-E-B-L-U-E-C-E-L-L.com. And we've really designed that as uh, what we're calling a portal because it opens up the world of Blue Cell and all the things that we have uh, going on. The uh, most prominent things certainly are links to uh, ttxvault.com, which is a separate site. And then all of our social media uh, runs right across the top. So we are on uh, Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. We have a YouTube page. We have a Pinterest page. We don't do much with that at the moment, but I'm trying to change that. We do stay involved in social media, and we try to put as much stuff out there. But also on our website, you're going to find resources that are free to download. So we try to share as much of that as possible through, um, through the blue cell.com. Uh, the, the other question that I get, and, and I hope it's okay to share this. Sure. Where do we come up with the name, uh, the blue cell? That was going to be and my next was, question. Uh, <laughs> was that going to be your next question? Yeah. <laughs> Great Todd's think alike. <laughs> we were teaching a 300 class and we were down, I think at Fort Carson, uh, which is a big army post, uh, in Colorado. And we had the garrison commander actually in the, in the class. And the garrison commander hadn't really said a word uh, all week. And uh, towards the end of the week, 
And this was before we had started uh, the formal company as we know it today. Uh, the garrison commander said, hey, if you ever start a company, you should call it the blue cell. Because in the military, we kind of use the, the color blue related to planning and, and those types of functions. And then we kind of operate in cells. And so it was probably uh, a year later that we actually made that step and started the bluecell.com. And I actually got a Christmas card that year from that garrison commander who had moved on to a, to another post. And he, uh, he wrote, I see that you took my advice. Please send all revenues related to that name to this address <laughs> in Germany. And that's how we got the name, the blue cell. And I, and I wish I could take credit for it, but it sure has served us well for, for the eight years that we've been using it. That's an awesome story, actually. That is a great story. Uh, okay, so here comes the toughest, the toughest question of the day for you. What book or publication do you recommend to somebody who is in emergency management and leadership, and specifically, say, if you're thinking about exercises and stuff like that, what book do you recommend them to read? Well, there's two. Can I give you two? Sure. You can give me, you can give me as many as you want. Okay, so... The Powell Principles, the 24 Lessons from Colin Powell, that is just a quick, great read. And we use that, uh, the principles themselves, to, to try to run the company. And we certainly talk about it quite a bit in our leadership and decision-making workshop that uh, we've created. So I, I'm, I'm certainly married to the idea of that book. Uh, the other one is a book called Managing the Unexpected, which is actually a business book by, uh, by uh, Carl Week and uh, Kathleen Sutcliffe. And it is a really good critical thinking book. And I think that is one of the essential elements that every emergency manager uh, needs to have. As a, <laughs> as a consequence manager and as a planner, your ability to critically think becomes important. And so in this book, Managing the Unexpected, it goes through some great examples and, and really talked about how do we think about these things and, and how do we approach things to really get to a point where maybe something's happening that we weren't necessarily think was going to happen, but we still have to manage it. I think that's emergency management in a nutshell. Oh yeah, right? for that's sure. Kind of what happens on a regular <laughs> basis. So those would be my two uh, go-to recommendations in terms of uh, books to read. Well, Todd, thank you so much for, for being here with me today. Uh, thank you for uh, having faith in Ian Weekly and, and joining the, uh, the family. I really appreciate having you here in, in both aspects. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you again sometime.